The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. You're hanging out After Hours with Matt Anderson, presented by Inside the Gamecocks. Welcome into the Late Night Gamecocks show. This is episode 8 of the show, and I'm recording this Monday evening, July 6th, 2023. So, as always, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt Anderson, and I'm your host for all things Gamecock After Dark. You can reach me at latenightgamecockshow at gmail.com, or on the Big Spur message boards under my username, Matt Anderson. So again, that's late night gamecock show at gmail.com or on the Big Spur. So thank you all for joining me tonight. So welcome, July Gamecock fans. Um, it's officially the dog days of summer, but now is the time that we start to think about the upcoming football season in earnest. Um, I do expect some big commitments to pop for the Gamecocks this month. So always keep plugged into the Big Spur for all of your Gamecock news. Tonight on the show, it's going to be really heavy recruiting. Um, that's probably all we're going to have time to get to tonight. We're going to talk a lot about Gamecock football recruiting, a little bit about Gamecock baseball transfers, and I'm sure there'll be some other things that pop into my mind throughout the show. Just a quick heads up, um, I have gotten some emails. I appreciate that. Um, you know, I probably say it enough times, late night Gamecock show at gmail.com is where you can reach me, but... I'm probably going to hold off on those Q&As until later in the summer. Um, most of the questions right now um, are pretty pretty evergreen. They, they're not really something that's timely. But, um, you know, probably, you know, next week or the following week, we'll probably get into a lot more of those Q&As. But I promise you that um, I will reach out to you personally and at least let you know what my thoughts are on the questions you've given me. And then, you know, you can listen to the show to hear everybody else's questions. So, Thought I was going to have a chance to get that get to that tonight, but it just seems like there's too much going on in Gamecock recruiting to to stop for a Q and A. So we'll do that um, maybe next week or the following week. So um, just keep shooting me questions because I'll answer everything. Um, over the next few days, we're going to see some Gamecock targets announce their college decisions. Um, and the way I figured we'd do this is let's just take them in order of announcement date, and I'll provide anything that I know about them from behind the scenes. First up, um, July 8th, Kaj Sanders of New Jersey is going to announce his decision. Sanders is a six foot one, 185 pound um, human being that is listed as an athlete on 24 7 sports and ranked as the 388th best player, regardless of position, in the 24 7 composite ranks. But at South Carolina, even though he's listed as an athlete, he would play in the secondary. Right now on the Big Spur, and hey guys, if you're not a member of the Big Spur, go ahead and join, but one thing that you do have access to without a membership is crystal balls, so you can look at a player's profile page, see where they're ranked, and you, you have access to see a crystal ball, and that's just a prediction on um, you know where some of the experts in the industry feel like a, a player might be leaning or, or possibly committing to. So right now, for Kosh Sanders, there's one crystal ball in, and that pick is for his home state school, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. 
Sanders is a kid that has a great offer list. Um, you know, top 400 kid in the country. Gamecocks hosted him for an official visit on June 2nd. He has the aforementioned Rutgers, North Carolina, Wisconsin, and Penn State on his list of finalists. With Cash, I mean, I know the staff would not turn down a commitment to the Gamecocks right now. At this point, I just don't know enough to say one way or another where he ends up. But he's the guy. He's a guy the Gamecocks like, and they would take. So he had a great official visit to South Carolina, and after that visit, it seemed like the Gamecocks had a lot of momentum. But anytime I see some crystal balls coming in that aren't in the Gamecocks' favors, they always they always have me raise my eyebrows a little bit. And Kaj is someone that I just haven't heard a lot about since um, you know about a month ago when he visited. But Gamecocks would take him, and the Gamecocks like him, and he he was really feeling the Gamecocks at one point. So we'll see what happens July eighth. July 13th, okay, this guy is someone that's getting a lot of um, message board chatter, a lot of conversation about, but on July 13th, Keelan Adams of Virginia will announce his decision. If you don't know, Keelan Adams is a six foot one, 175-pound wide receiver that's ranked as the 30th best wide receiver in the country and the 189th player overall, according to 24-7 Sports. Keelan had a really, really good visit to South Carolina a few weeks back. And I know you guys hear me say that all the time, but South Carolina really does a great job with official visits. It's, it's really rare that somebody isn't really feeling the Gamecocks after an official visit. Um, I would put the Gamecock coaching staff in Columbia up against pretty much any college in the, in the country when it comes to official visits, especially in the offseason. They do a really good job. Um, but so Keelan Adams came in a couple weeks back. As we talked about on some past episodes, he, he did bond with Dante Reno and Mazio Bennett, um, two Gamecock commitments. Obviously, Dante is a quarterback and Mazio is a wide receiver. And those guys were, you know, they were even running routes and catching passes together. So they were really trying to get on the same page. And after his visit, I would have said that he would 100% be a Gamecock. There were just too many things that I heard and things that were reported to make me think that the Gamecocks would not land him. However, since he took the visit, um, he's taken a few visits, one to Alabama and one to Virginia Tech. Both of those were official visits. There, there's some smoke now that Virginia Tech has made a move for him. I, I don't know. I don't think it was enough to overtake the Gamecocks. I think that, you know, like I said, most schools do a good job on official visits, and I'm sure his visit to Virginia Tech was a good one. I'm, I know that they sold home state university, you know, stay local, you know, be a hokey. And, um, you know, a lot of times kids can get in their emotions a little bit when the home, when the homeschool has them in for an official visit. I think that, you know, knowing that there is a, a decision that's been made, um, I'd still lean to the Gamecocks here. Um, I, I continue to think the Gamecocks will be the choice. I haven't heard anything behind the scenes like, Hey, Virginia Tech's got them. No, nobody has told me that, um, it's more message board chatter at this point, but I mean, don't ever discount the home state school um, at any point in any kid's recruitment. So um, cautiously optimistic, um, pretty optimistic there. But you know, if, if he does go the Virginia Tech route, it's it's something that I can understand. I don't know if that commitment would stick. I think that he's had the the warm and fuzzy of the South Carolina for longer than Virginia Tech. So. Um, Anytime a kid I feel is like 100% going to commit to the Gamecocks, I'm never going to write that kid off. So I um, still think he's going to be a Gamecock. We'll just have to see what happens on July 13th. July 14th, Braylon Russell out of Arkansas will announce his decision. Um, Russell is a six foot two, 240 240-pound linebacker, or I'm sorry, running back, 
that is ranked as the 287th player overall and the 24th ranked running back in the 24-7 sports rankings. Russell originally committed to Arkansas as a 10th grader. Since then, he backed off that pledge. The only schools really in the mix right now are South Carolina, Tennessee, and Arkansas. South Carolina does like Russell, and he would bring a big punch to the physicality of the running back room. However, at this point in time, South Carolina is committed to running the race with Daniel Hill, who's another top 250 running back in the class. He just came into town for the Gamecocks' big recruiting weekend to close out June. I don't know how the Gamecocks would handle Russell wanting to commit right now because I'd, I'd know that I, I have I have my beliefs that Daniel Hill is the preferred target there. But I, I don't know how the Gamecocks would handle Russell trying to commit right now without knowing Daniel what Daniel Hill plans to do. Coming off the visit, South Carolina seemed to maintain their lead with Daniel Hill, and we'll talk more about him later. But as you guys all know, the running back room could definitely use some more bodies going forward. If I'm the Gamecocks, me personally, I'm trying to find a way to take all three of Daniel Hill, Braylon Russell, and um, already committed running back Matthew Fuller. I don't think any of those backs overlap too much from a talent standpoint. You know, Daniel Hill's kind of the the all-around athlete that can make people miss, you know, more of a smaller guy. And then Matthew Fuller's built like a brick house, but he has some long speed to him. And then Braylon Russell is just a big banger who, who, who just turns out yards. So... They don't really overlap. It's really hard to take three players at running back in one given class. Um, but South Carolina does have a good story to tell there. So so we'll see what happens. Right now, I would project Braylon Russell to, to have his decision come down to probably Tennessee or, or Arkansas. If I had to put a wager in right now, I would lead to him sticking with his original commitment going back to the home state Razorbacks. But he's just a name I would keep in the back of your mind through the recruiting calendar. Just because, you know, if, if things don't, you know, turn out the way we hope with, with Daniel Hill or, you know, Arkansas has a coaching change or, you know, whatever could happen, you know, recruiting can, it can flip on a dime. I'm telling you, you know, things, I mean, you're dealing with 16, 17 year old, 18 year old kids. So, um, just keep Russell in the back of your mind. Um, I'd be surprised if he commits to the Gamecocks on July 14th, but if something happens between now and then with Daniel Hill, you know, the Gamecocks might turn the heat up on Braylon Russell and, and try and get him in the boat sooner rather than later. The following guys plan to make an announcement in late July or early August. I don't have dates for all these people, um, but Malcolm Ziegler is a six foot two, 198 pound four star safety out of North Carolina. You know, he's a he's a top 247 kid in the rankings. He did release a top five um, that included the Gamecocks. But as, I, as I've said for quite a while now, I would be shocked if he didn't stay in state and play for his hometown Tar Heels. I, I don't know this for certain, but um, I would keep an eye on the coaching situation in North Carolina. Um, and I, I'm not going to do this for every player, guys. It just happens that these guys are kind of back-to-back. But, you know, Mac Brown is – he's either the oldest or one of the oldest head coaches right now in college football. And it wouldn't surprise me if there's some coaching change either this year or next with Mac Brown. I don't know how much longer he really wants to do this. So always remember that even though players may commit somewhere else, things can change. And players are now also able to transfer freely without having to sit out a year. So keep that in mind when you think about all the recruits that the Gamecocks have been in the game for over the past few years. Um, you know, they might come back around at some point, whether it's a 
a coaching change, you know, at the end of the season before early signing day or after early signing day, getting let out of an NIL. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can happen. And then you factor in the transfer portal as well. You know, if a kid just loves North Carolina, maybe that's it. But, um, you know, it just happened with uh, the linebacker, the linebacker defensive end that was at Ole Miss. South Carolina finished second for him in his recruitment. After his first year at Ole Miss, um, he decided to come to South Carolina and transfer. So, you know, I, I, I don't I don't think this is you. You know, the folks that listen to my show, you guys are diehard Gamecocks. It's more of the the fans that like to get on social media. Like, I just encourage you guys, don't trash kids at any point ever. Like, why would you do that anyway? But, you know, if, if a kid doesn't doesn't pick your school or whatever, you know, these relationships are now, you know, long-lasting relationships. I mean, think about Trey Knox. Um, you know, Justin Stepp recruited him and, you know, got him to Arkansas. And then, you know, he went to the transfer portal, and where did he go? He went to South Carolina because he felt comfortable with Dowell Loggins, who is now the offensive coordinator at Carolina, who was at Arkansas, and Justin Stepp. So, you know, these things can change. So, Remember, all these guys that we talked about, it's okay to be disappointed when South Carolina doesn't get a kid from time to time. You know, I'm not saying don't be disappointed, but just remember that this kind of stuff can come around full circle. Um, the next kid on our list is Jonathan Paler. Jonathan is a five foot nine, 170 pound four star athlete out of North Carolina. He's ranked inside the top 150 in the 24 7 composite. And he would be a wide receiver should he commit to South Carolina. Paler is a kid that the Gamecocks have led his recruiting for quite some time. This is another kid where I would be shocked if he ends up anywhere other than South Carolina when he makes his announcement. The coaching the coaching staff has discussed kind of a slash role with him. And what I mean by slash is a guy that can, you know, line up at wide receiver, line up in the backfield at running back, kind of kind of a not a jack of all trades, and not really even like an ace Sanders type. But um, maybe this will help. He models his game after three guys in particular, and that would be Taven Alston. You guys might remember him from West Virginia. He was just an electric guy with the ball in his hands. Tyreek Hill, or if you guys watch the NFL, you know that Tyreek Hill is pound for pound maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL, and he does it all, whatever, wherever. He was with the Chiefs for a while, and now he's with the Dolphins. But then lastly, you know, this was interesting. He um, he models his game after Debo Samuel as well. And you've seen Debo kind of be that slash guy in the NFL. And, of course, you know, he did everything for South Carolina when he was a Gamecock. So that should kind of give you an idea of what the coaching staff and what, and what Jonathan feel like he can be at the college level. And uh, just a side note on, on Paler as well, he, he's a standout track athlete, and he has some serious wheels. Um, not quite as fast as Nicholas Harbor, but um, just a tick or two below him. So get excited about him. I think that if you're looking for good news and the news hasn't always been great on these first couple of guys, um, circle that whenever he decides to commit. Uh, I think Paler wants to commit either the last week of July or the first week in August. So circle that time frame on your, on your calendars, and I think you'll get some good news then. Next guy we're going to talk about is Liam Andrews. Andrews is listed at six foot five, two hundred and sixty pounds, and he's from Brookline, Massachusetts. He's a top one hundred player at twenty four seven, but he's listed as an offensive tackle. But he's made it pretty clear that he wants to play defensive line in college, and he would definitely be a defensive lineman if he chooses the Gamecocks. 
Andrews is someone that I haven't heard that much about behind the scenes other than he really did have a great official visit. He got the VIP treatment. He was the only official visitor on campus when he came for his official visit over Father's Day weekend. I know he has a really good relationship with the staff at Carolina. Um, Beamer does a great job with that, but um, I know that he really hit it off with, with Travian Robertson as well, who would be his coach at South Carolina. I think the recruitment comes down to Penn State or South Carolina, gun to my head right now. I would probably call it 50-50 at the moment. Um, maybe a slight lean to the Gamecocks, but I just don't want to – I don't want to bullcrap you guys. You know, it's been pretty tight lipped behind the scenes on Liam Andrews. He's a quiet, he's, I wouldn't say quiet kid, but he's, he's just not going to tip his hand either way. And, but, you know, it's always interesting when you, when you, you know, hear about a kid from Massachusetts that might be coming to play for the Gamecocks. So excited about Liam. Hope it, hope it comes to fruition. I think he wants to make a commitment sometime in July or August. The next guy is a kid that I'm, I'm really hopeful. The Gamecocks are able to land. It's Jalewis Solomon. He's a six foot one, one hundred and eighty five pound athlete from Georgia. Um, he's listed as an athlete, but he would play defensive back at South Carolina. He's currently ranked the two hundred eleventh player overall in the twenty four seven composite. Florida State and South Carolina have been neck and neck the past few months on Solomon. At the end of the day, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, with either team, he ultimately picks. Um, and, I, and I also would say I'd be surprised if who he picks in August is his final choice. I know that he likes both schools a lot, and it's been it's been really tough on him to to kind of decipher between the two of them. But one of the things I love about Solomon, and it's worth noting, is he also has a younger brother that's a five star linebacker in next year's class. So I, I, I don't know this for certain, but I would imagine that. Whoever Solomon picks will probably have the upper hand for his brother as well. But, you know, some kids want to do their own thing. They don't want to go where their brother went. But um, just worth noting that he does have a five-star linebacker, younger brother. Solomon only has one more visit that I know about before his commitment in, in August. And um, I think that his, his commitment is going to be August 5th was the, was the date that I heard. But he will visit the Gamecocks for the big cookout as an unofficial visitor here at the end of July. After his official visit to the Gamecocks, he named his, he named South Carolina his public leader. But then after his official visit to Florida State, he named the Seminoles as his public leader. So this might be a situation where whoever gets the kid last earns his commitment. But as I said earlier, I don't think that this one will be over until the LOL, LOI is signed, which is a letter of intent. For those of you that don't know, that's when you know the commitments actually sign their letter of intent to play for South Carolina, which is a binding um, commitment. So we'll see on Solomon. I'm really excited to know that he'll be coming in for the cookout. I, I didn't know he was coming until recently. So, you know, that cookout is always um, leads to some commitments afterwards. So there are two other priority targets that will be announcing their commitment throughout the summer. And those guys are Dylan Stewart and Daniel Hill. Um, I'll, I'll start with I'll start with Daniel Hill and leave and leave Dylan Stewart here for a moment or two. But Daniel's a kid we touched on a bit earlier. For those of you new to the show or new to the message boards, Hill is a running back from Mississippi. He's six foot one, two hundred and twenty pounds. On twenty four seven sports, he's listed as an athlete and ranked one hundred ninety fifth overall. Right now, the Gamecocks' main competition for him is Alabama. Alabama and South Carolina both like Daniel Hill, 
as a running back. Right now, um, you know, there's a there's been a flurry of conversation about him on the message board. There's been some some reports and, and good reports. You know, you like to know if you can where kids are are visiting, what 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 their plans are. And Daniel Hill did take a couple of visits to Alabama here recently. Um, I think one was the unofficial variety, and the other one was a team camp that Alabama held. So he went with his team. Um, after that team camp, you know, he was playing quarterback for his high school. You know, it stirred up a lot of conversation about is he a quarterback? Is he a running back? You know, who's recruiting him for what? But my latest information says that, you know, both both schools want him as a running back. And, and Alabama does want the kid. This isn't a situation where Alabama is slow playing him at all. Um, I... I, I, I'm never going to count out Alabama on a kid they want. Um, but at this point, the roster and running back room at South Carolina is more encouraging for early playing time than at Alabama. And so, you know, everything I've heard about Daniel Hills, he, he's looking to play sooner rather than later. And the Gamecocks have had a lot of, a lot of momentum with him for, for a pretty long time now. So I think that this might be a stronger, longer type situation. I think that, you know, when you're looking at playing time and being the dude at South Carolina versus a dude at Alabama, I think that um, I still like the Gamecocks position with Daniel Hill. All right, the big one, Dylan Stewart. Dylan Stewart is a name that anyone who follows Gamecock football recruiting should know by now. Uh, he would 100% be the crown jewel of any recruiting class in the country, not just in South Carolina. He has everybody in the country uh, offered this kid. And he took some official visits, um, went to Miami, he went to Georgia, Ohio State, South Carolina, and I think one more I'm forgetting might have been Oregon. I can't remember right now. But he is a six foot five, 235 pound defensive end out of Washington, D.C. He's ranked the ninth overall player in the 24-7 sports composite rankings. However, I did notice that at least one other service had him ranked number one overall. And I can totally see that stance of him being the top-ranked player in the, in, in the country for this recruiting class. So those of, those of you on the message boards you know, may have seen the smoke earlier in the week that um, Dylan Stewart was leaning to Ohio State based on some crystal balls that were dropped, most notably from Steve Wiltfong. I am not a person that doubts Steve Wiltfong often. <laughs> I just don't do it. Sure, he's had some misses in his day, but not many. And on top of that, you know, normally by the time the commitment date rolls around, sometimes he changes his crystal balls as well. But, you know, let's see if he changes that crystal ball between now and when Dylan Stewart announces. Um, here's what I can tell you. And I've said this for weeks now. Until I hear something differently from my sources, the Gamecocks are still right there for Dylan Stewart, if not leading. I would not be shocked at all if this is a case of a kid telling two staffs what they want to hear. And right now, this is largely a South Carolina-Ohio State battle. What I do know is the South Carolina Gamecocks staff still feels good about their relationship with Stewart, and he has a lot of reasons to pick South Carolina. Great relationship as well with some of the kids already on the Gamecock roster and the recruiting class this year. Gamecocks have been making a lot of noise in that DMV area. A lot of kids from Maryland, a lot of kids from Virginia, a lot of kids from you know DC. 
Um, and all these kids know each other and like each other. So he also has, you know, great relationships with, you know, the coaching staff at South Carolina. I don't know of anyone that's been on Dylan Stewart harder for longer than South Carolina. And, you know, this is big boy recruiting. And that's something that, you know, I really want to want to talk about for just, just a minute. This is big boy recruiting. You're not going to get the, the number one player in the country. And it's going to be easy. It's just not, you know, I, I cannot speak to any of the NIL stuff that's being thrown out about him. You know, I saw some people, you know, reference that he might have put up some Gamecock stuff recently to muddy the waters on the, all the Ohio state stuff. I mean, what I would recommend that you do is you stay away from the internet and those rumors Unless you see somebody associated with the Big Spur or, you know, another Gamecock recruiting expert out there or a national guy say something, don't pay attention to social media with what these kids are doing. A lot of times the social media isn't even for your eyes. It might be an inside joke with one of their friends. It might be something for a coach that, hey, I told you I would put this up for you guys today. So just stay away <laughs> from Internet rumors and, and trying to read the tea leaves from social media. Um, so again, with Dylan Stewart right now, if I had to make a crystal ball pick, I would make, I would make that selection for the Gamecocks. Nobody on the South Carolina side of this recruitment has changed their tune. And I, I promise you that if I hear something differently than what I'm telling you right now, I'll be the first person to put it on the message board. I'll be the first person to potentially drop like an emergency podcast, something along those lines. But Right now, nothing has changed on the Gamecock side of things. Therefore, nothing has changed on on my side of things. So the rest of the guys, I haven't really dug down deep on a ton of prospects that have later decision dates, um, but I will in the future. And then we'll, we'll definitely talk about those guys in future episodes. For longtime listeners, you know, you've heard about these guys for, you know, a handful of episodes now. You've kind of been able to, to track their visit schedule, you know, what happened in different places, you know, the feelings and, you know, the vibe off of these kids. And, you know, we'll talk about all these guys. We'll talk about them all at some point, but, you know, going almost 25 minutes in on just a handful of guys, it would take all day to get through every offer the Gamecocks have out there right now. And, and you pretty much know um, the main targets that the Gamecocks are in on now, just from this podcast alone. But, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, feel feel free to go back and listen to some older episodes. <clears throat> Excuse me. I can tell you that, you know, you, you want to take the warm and fuzzies from official visits with a grain of salt. And I'm potentially learning that lesson in this particular recruiting class. But, you know, there's been some guys that I felt good about for the Gamecocks. Um, and, you know, a lot of those guys have ended up at at Florida or Georgia right now. Um, that just happens, you know, um, I didn't think that some of these guys had committable offers from Georgia or, or Florida for that matter. But those, those two teams right now are recruiting top three classes in the country. A lot of momentum there as well, but don't lose track that the Gamecocks are still on target for a top 10, top 15 type recruiting class this year. And there are always going to be bumps in the road in recruiting, um, nothing is ever 100%. Um, but I will tell you that the information that I give you on this show is up to the minute of what I have. Um, and things change. 
Uh, I record episodes usually on Mondays and Thursdays. So, you know, if something happens on a Wednesday out of the blue and I told you something different on Monday, you know, just kind of bear with me on that because I'm, I'm sorting through this as quickly as I can for you guys. And I also remember that, you know, a lot of the guys that are going to be a part of this class, or maybe not a lot, maybe a handful of guys that are going to be a part of this class aren't even being mentioned on message boards right now. And that's not because anyone's holding any information back, but these kids still have, you know, their, their, their senior seasons, their senior years of high school ahead of them. And every single year, there are going to be guys that pop. There are going to be guys that pop in the state of South Carolina or North Carolina that the Gamecocks end up offering maybe four games into their high school season once they get some tape on the kids. So, and, and don't forget, Debo Samuel was a kid that had a great senior season, and the Gamecocks got him very late in the recruiting process. It happens all the time. So while some guys might pop on the radar later in the process, do not write them off. The Gamecocks just picked up a kid last year at wide receiver that had no offers, but they saw his film and they said, hey, we like him enough to, to offer him a scholarship, and they got him. So, And that kid is electric, by the way. Um, I'm trying to remember his name. Let me see if I can pull it up really quick. Bear with me with the internet. Let's see here. Football recruiting commitments 2023. He's going to be here near the bottom. Yeah, Tyshawn Russell. It was on the tip of my tongue there. Um, Tyshawn Russell, another kid out of Pennsylvania, 5'11", 165, but just absolutely electric with the ball in his hand. Um, so just remember, these guys pop all the time. I mean, just looking at the recruiting class last year, um, Cameron Sandlin, an athlete, I mean, he popped in the middle of the summer, and a lot of people were saying, hey, just a three-star, you know, ranked in the top, you know, barely the top 1,000 in the country. Let me just tell you right now, the coaching staff really likes Cameron Sandlin. Um Cameron Sandlin's a guy that I've had multiple people around the program tell me he is, you know, Jaheim Bell-like with what he can do with the football. So um, don't forget that a lot of these guys that might not have the highest stars next to their name, the Gamecock staff and, and, and other programs offered them for a reason. So <clears throat> keep that in mind. Um, keep that in mind. So some quick baseball notes here. South Carolina did miss out on Clemson transfer Billy Amick. I was told a few weeks ago that it would be tough for the Gamecocks to win that transfer battle. Um, and I was pretty transparent with you guys on that. I said, look, you know, I think it's going to be really tough to get him. I didn't want to come out and just say that the Gamecocks weren't getting him. But um, I, I knew it was going to be tough. But I will give the Gamecock um, coaching staff a lot of credit. Um, you know, to, to be in the game with a Billy Amick at, at this stage in his career, his life, um, I think that this came down to Tennessee and South Carolina. And what I've been told at the end of the day, a fresh start in a different state was a big factor in him choosing Tennessee. I've been told that despite his family's strong ties to Clemson, obviously him being a Clemson student athlete, his family would have been perfectly fine with him transferring to South Carolina. So, you know, be careful what you listen to out there um, because there were people that told me no way, no way, no way. And then all of a sudden it was like, this might happen. Like he might come to South Carolina. And, you know, a lot of that stuff was just internet message board stuff that was, 
Oh, his family's Clemson through and through. He'd never consider South Carolina. His grandfather or great-grandfather would roll over in his grave if he ever put on a Gamecock jersey, and that just wasn't the case. Um, and I, I've heard that from enough people that I'm I'm just being honest with you there. So the Billy Amick um, recruitment, we can put that one to bed. Had to take a sip of water there, y'all. Thanks for bearing with me. South Carolina hosted Central Connecticut State pitcher transfer Dominic Neiman recently, and as of this recording, he was down to South Carolina and Kentucky. Um, I've heard some chatter about Kentucky having the edge for a number of reasons, but one of them chiefly is that his girlfriend is a graduate student at Kentucky. While that's not the only reason he, he potentially go to Kentucky, it never hurts to have a girlfriend attending the same school as a kid you're recruiting. Um, I would at, at one point I really did think that that Neiman was going to be a South Carolina Gamecock next year. Um, he had a great visit; everything was kind of aligning there, and things just kind of changed at the last minute. I I don't have much more than that to say or to tell you. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that the girlfriend made you know the last. I don't know. I don't I don't know if that was the biggest pull or not, but you know what they say about guys and girls. So. Um, we wish him the best of luck. He's a heck of a pitcher, and um, hopefully the Gamecocks only have to face him one time next year. So there are more than a handful of other transfers that the Gamecocks are in on right now, but I'm honestly having a hard time of keeping up with all of them. I encourage you to get on the Big Spur and follow John Whittle's baseball scoops that he's been posting. He's been posting a scoop, if not multiple scoops, every day on the message board, so... Um, there's nobody closer to South Carolina baseball than John Whittle. And um, if baseball is your jam, his analysis is worth every penny of the monthly fee for the me- the message board, you know, the big If you, if baseball is what you like, then, you know, it's worth the hundred bucks a year or whatever the, the fee is right now. But yeah, go on the big spur, reach out to John. If you have any questions, um, <clears throat> sorry about the coughing today, guys. Um, one big high school recruiting win for the Gamecocks baseball team recently was PJ Morlando, um, and he announced that he has committed to South Carolina. Morlando is a kid that is very highly ranked at the prep level, and he could be a first or second round draft pick in next year's MLB draft. So while the odds are likely low that he will ever step foot on campus as a Gamecock baseball player, it's still a very big get from a national recruiting perspective, and other recruits. And, and programs will definitely take notice of the Gamecocks being able to reel in Morlando. And while I say the odds are low of him attending school due to his draft status, I can tell you that the odds are not zero. He's going to put a number up there that a major league baseball team is going to have to match to get him to forego college. But oftentimes when you have a player of this caliber, the number ends up getting matched. So when I say a player of this caliber, let me tell you a little bit about the kid. Um, he's ranked as the third best high school prospect in the nation, according to Perfect Game. And Perfect Game does a really good job with their their um, high school baseball recruiting rankings. And he plays high school ball at Somerville High School in South Carolina. Morlando was previously committed to Mississippi State. He backed off that pledge a month, so, a month or so ago. And it's kind of been apparent that he would commit to the Gamecocks for some time now, but it's always nice when a kid goes public. Positionally, he mostly plays first base, but he's a big power bat from the left side of the plate. So it would be fantastic for this kid to come play at South Carolina. But 
it's a kid that everybody in the state knows. Um, it's going to be somebody that will champion champion your program, which is really important. It's not just the coaches, but if you think about like a Dante Reno in in football. I mean, he's essentially an additional assistant coach recruiting kids left and right. And I'm not saying that Morlando is going to be that guy. I don't know if he has that kind of personality that you know he'll recruit the way that Dante has, but he is somebody that that a lot of people are going to take notice of joining the Gamecock class and and you know choosing to go to South Carolina if for whatever reason the professional ranks don't work after after next year. So um really quick, I guess um give a quick plug to Carolina Rise. Um Carolina Rise is a collective and um I actually decided that I kind of decided in the middle of this podcast but the next episode that I do is I'm going to break down NIL for you guys, um, kind of explain what what it is, how it came into be, why it's important, how it impacts the Gamecocks, how it impacts other schools, and and you know why it's not a bad thing. So um, I'll have more on that on my next episode. I think it's a it's an important time of the year to do that, especially with recruiting kind of hitting full full bore right now and leading into the Gamecock football season, but. We'll, have, we'll talk all about NIL in the next episode, and um, go carolinarise.com if you'd like to donate. Um, it really is power of numbers, guys. So even $5 a month helps tremendously. So last shout-out here I'll give before I hop off for the evening. If you have not been um, become a member of the bigspur.com, you know, do a free, char- free, free trial. You know, get in there. There's a lot of information right now. You're not going to want to miss out about hearing about the Gamecock cookout. And the insider notes on all of these players that are going to be committing here soon. So go to the Big Spur, do your free trial. I mean, I think there's always a promotion running. So join the Big Spur if you haven't. But that that does it, guys. That is um that is all the time that we have for tonight. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Late Night Gamecock Show. And as always, you can reach me at late night show at gmail.com. Or find me on the Big Spur message boards under the username Matt Anderson. I hope that you all have a great night and weekend. Um, and a reminder, I'll only be putting one episode out next week due to some family plans. But I can't wait to talk to all of you again soon. Have a great night. Bye.